Think you got what it takes to run a digital agency? Well, these guys do. Get everything you need to know about growing and scaling your business. Tips, advice, stories, and all the good stuff in between. New and exciting. Welcome to the Agency Empires Podcast, hosted by Pat Murphy and Brian Murphy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Agency Empires podcast. I'm your host, Pat Murphy, and we got Brian Murphy with us as well. Hey, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about getting your first clients um, and some onboarding techniques, right? So this is a super special topic because we do get asked a lot. I've been asked about, you know, hey, Pat, how do you how do you onboard your clients? Like, there's got to be an easy way to this. And a lot of people truly struggle with getting clients onboarded. You know, you've, you've got them sold, you sold them a package, then there's the whole fulfillment side. And to get your project fulfilled, part of that process is being able to get information out of your customer because you're going to need a lot of it. In some cases, you're going to need them to share their uh, Facebook ad account with you. In some cases, you're going to need them to send their share their Facebook, Google, uh, Facebook pages, uh, and maybe five or six or seven different things. And it can be a little bit of a struggle. And if you're developing, like, let's say, for instance, uh, websites or funnels, uh, what's the best way to get information out of that customer so you can give it to your designer to design out what his envisioning and getting it all together? So for a lot of people, this process is confusing. For others, this process you guys are rock stars. You got it down. Uh, and that's awesome. Getting your first clients. That's the topic of, of, of what we want to discuss today, right? And getting your first clients is really crucial. That is the make or break it point, let's say, for somebody who has just started their business, their digital agency. Because if you don't have any clients, well, you don't have a business, obviously. So the importance is everything, okay? And not only is it important, but it's a job that can rarely be outsourced. If you are just starting your agency for the first time, getting your first clients is the hardest part, okay? And let me tell you why it's the hardest part. Because depending on your situation, if you've you know worked at a sales job and you have a background in, in digital, it might be an easy transition, right? Because you were doing it before. Uh, however, a lot of people, a lot of the people that I work with, they're completely new to the game. And so I have these conversations frequently. You know, how can I get my first clients? And usually what the customers think, right? My agency uh, partners, prospects, whoever I'm talking to, these are all agency owners, guys. Usually they're thinking about, okay, well, wh what is this? How do I get my customers? And a light bulb goes off on their head, right? They, they get that look on their face like they just discovered fire. And the answer out of everybody's mouth is, oh, marketing. I need to be running Facebook ads. And when I, when I hear that, I'm like, yes, guys, it's, it's yes, there is that, but it's not that simple. You just don't run Facebook ads telling people you sell a service right? And expect to make sales from it. 
there's a deep dive process. All right, and I'm gonna give you guys a breakdown of how do you get your first clients. So now that we recognize the importance of getting your first clients, now that we understand that it is the number one job of every agency owner, every CEO, um, to be able to get customers for their business, that's the number one job, and to, to help figure out the rest, okay? So that's kind of what, what you were talking about, Pat, is you don't wanna spend that time handling all that fulfillment at the end of the day. You don't want to bury yourself in work. Rather, you want to build a system. Absolutely. That's kind of what I was, although I kind of started backwards, you're starting, you're, you're exactly where you need to be getting your first clients. That's where it starts. And then we have some cool onboarding techniques. So I'm, we're going to give you, I'm going to give you basically what's worked for us. And what's worked for us uh, is having a system and a process down, having a you know, an appointment setting department, having clear goals. It's not just all Facebook ads. It's it's being able to diversify your traffic once you come up with a strategy. But what's your strategy? You know, who are you servicing, right? And that, let me chime in here because that's, you know, people really want like a broken down process. So I, as I was thinking about this, I just wrote down some notes. Okay, so number one, let's say, you know, you put me on an island, right? I have nothing. I got to make money. I start an agency. What's the first thing I got to do? Well, the, the number one thing I have to do is I have to determine who is my ideal customer. Okay. Who is my ideal customer? And you need to understand who that is, right? In, in our case, we have what's called the customer avatar document that we used, right? We, I put all the characteristics of and the, and the way I did this, by the way, is I didn't start out by knowing who was my ideal customer, but along the way, I figured it out. So like my ideal customer is somebody in their 30s, uh, men and women in their 30s, anywhere from 30 to 50 years old, who have been running agencies for several years um, and who are now ready to you know, scale their business. They, they figured out they, they don't want to be doing all the work. They want to be putting on customers and then, you know, building up that retirement money, drinking martinis on a beach someday, right? That's, that's yeah. the plan. How did you find out though? Like, how did you find out that was our, our target market? I called what thousands and thousands of phone numbers and I spoke to people. I closed deals and the deals that I closed, the customers that I brought on I understood which ones were my best customers. I had customers that I brought on and they didn't sell much. They didn't have any projects. I've had other customers where I brought them on and they were whales. They're doing, you know, 20 projects a month uh, and they've got it nailed down. It's like, oh, that's, those are the guys I want to work with. So I understand that, you know, they've got a little better process in place. They've got a prospecting process, a sales process, right? So you basically dialed and dialed and dialed and dialed and we did and we dialed our hearts out for years and we still do because it works really, really well. But from that data, yeah, I could, we I were could able determine. to gather this is our, now, this is our perfect client. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now that's me. I, and before I did that, I already determined who was my ideal customer because I understood what I had, what we had in terms of, you know, our ability right now, what you've got to do if you're listening to this, is you've got to figure out what it is that you do that you are world class at, that you are best in the world at. 
Are you a marketing person? Are you best at execution? Are you best at consultation with businesses and putting together strategy? Are you best at web design and development? Are you best at Facebook ads? What is your core competency? Okay. And what you've got to do is if you don't have a, a niche yet, and if you've never picked up the phone, then what you've got to do is you've got to be niche specific. So the roofing industry is super popular. I get chats all the time on my website. Oh, you guys do ads for uh, roofers, Facebook ads, Google ads. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're getting a new roofer every week. Yep. Every week, a uh, new agency comes by with a roofing customer. Right. So they are popular. 100%, 100%. So, um, you know, if you're going after that niche, it's a great niche. Landscaping, home service companies, guys. There's a lot of home service companies, plumbers, electricians, home remodel, kitchen remodel, locksmith. These are all good niches. We, we actually have a list we're putting out for free of all the niches that... Um, uh, that we've worked with, right? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct, Pat. That's always bothered me. Is it niche. is it a niche or well, a I niche? Say, I say niche. I don't it's know. I think both it's a niche. Are I, I, I googled it. I think so. Um, that's yeah, what you okay, got to do. So, number one, importance of bringing on customers. Number two, determine your ideal client. Okay, everything about them: their age, uh, what business they're in, how long have they been in business. What are their number one pain points? Okay. And that's really what we have to understand, guys, when we're running a digital agency and peddling our product is we need to understand our customer more than anybody else. If we understand our customers' needs more than anybody else in the market, and if we're able to come up with a solution for those needs, we win. It's that simple. All right. And so um, what you need to do is pick up the phone. All right. But before you do that, what you've got to do now, let's say you're going after these roofers, right? Or these chiropractors, let's say, uh, or doctors or lawyers. These are all good niches. So you're going after them. You want to do something called data research. Find out where these customers are. If you are a roofer or a chiropractor or a, a, a law practice, more than likely, they're going to be on several places. They're going to be on Google My Business, the maps and the listings. Um, they're going to be on directories, roofing directories, lawyer directories, things like that. And you want to do targeted. You want to do it by city and state. Okay. So you got to know how you can get the data. This is one of the things that I see over and over again. So like, for instance, I spoke to uh, that guy I was telling you about almost 30 years sales experience. Yeah. And he was telling me he is one of the top premier sales agents at a company that's worth like a billion dollars. And they have a solution for home uh, local service companies, right? Where, where I, I told you about that. But basically what he was telling me is I said, how do you, how do you prospect? And he said, well, I, you know, I just go on Google. And, and listings, and I call from, from the, the yellow pages, right? Or I, I knock on doors. Um, he had a very great attitude, right? That's what you need as well. Um, so he was a nap. Does that sound like you guys? <laughs> yeah, no, I keep, keep yeah, going, yeah. keep going, man. This, I, I, I really so like this story. Telling me, he's telling me, I said, how do you prospect? He's like, well, I'm doing it manually. And, you know, I was, I don't, I shook my head. I said, so I couldn't believe this guy had 30 years of experience. He's doing it manually, right? The next stage after your data research, guys, is your data harvesting. Now that you know, like, for example, there's, there's thousands of roofers on Google 
my business, they're on the maps, the little red dots. You see those? You got to be able to harvest those. You got to put those into a list. You got to put them into a spreadsheet. Okay. And from there, you put them into a CRM. This is a crucial part of the prospecting. A lot of people don't do this, but if you want to build a sales force at scale, you can't expect every sales agent, right, to just call randomly. And I know you guys, I know you agency owners, some of you hate to pick up the phone. And it's just the reality of it, but you got to do it or you got to find somebody else who can do it. And that's very difficult, especially when you're starting out. So um, you put your data into the CRM. For those of you guys who don't know, we offer a fantastic CRM solution. I won't get into that too much, but you upload it. Now you have a list of data. So you can harvest a list of, I don't know, you know, 200, 1,000 roofers and try, you know, in your local state of business, try on some different states. Um, in fact, you can go to Google Trends and you could put in the keyword, right, that people are looking for, right? Roofer, um, roofing repair, for instance. And it will show you which are the top cities and states where customers are searching for that keyword. Think about it like a pie chart. What you want to do is you want to narrow down your data, okay? You want to be determining your ideal customer. You want to be niche specific. You want to separate them by state. And then you want to have the data that can be harvested. Now, this can be done through a VA, right? In our case, we have somebody dedicated just to getting data for us, right? To, to feed into our CRMs. And that way, uh, the sales team and I, we can make phone calls. But more than that, if you have a, an awesome CRM like, like the one we have, you can do email sequences. You can do SMS. But at the end of the day, you really don't want to do that. I would only just build a list, right? And from there, I would test. So basically, you get the data into the CRM, and then there's going to be a feature for power dial. Now, before you call, obviously, I'm assuming you've done all the research at this point, and you, you've gotten a list of the biggest pain points, okay? Because that's what you're going to be selling on is pain points, all right? So, uh, Pat, you've worked with a lot of these roofers. What are, what are the biggest pain points? for instance? Well, you have to determine like where everything is, where they're at, right? Like geographically as well, because seasons do affect roofers. Of course, that's a big one. Like I know right now we're doing a, a few campaigns for uh, several companies out in Wisconsin, uh, around the Chicago area. And right now, I mean, we're in November, so it's, it's pretty cold over there. They have about uh, maybe 15 20 days left of good roofing weather until they have to pause for a little bit. So that's a little bit of a concern. Like, you know, can I squeeze the last bit before I have to hibernate? Um, and then other companies that are like in Texas don't have that situation with, it's not really seasonal, but the competition's very, very fierce. So, so what would you say? Like if, if you, Pat, let's say you had a, an agency and you just wanted to service roofers, right? On a cold call, what would you say in that in that initial, you know, first four, six seconds, basically? What are the pain points that these roofers have? Well, you know, this is what I would tell this person, considering that it's somebody that, you know, didn't tell me to F off in the first five seconds and that's sitting down and actually listening to to what I have to basically tell them. And um, one thing is confidence, right? We have a proven way. We've done so many roofers. We have really good, proven.
proven ads that typically do well for most people. Aside from that, when it comes to you know generating leads, we can automate that communication. If that roofer, if that person's on a roof, uh, is some you know is somewhere else, we can get that lead to connect with them. We'll make their phone ring, you know, and they say, oh well, uh, this other guy, this other agency promised me the same thing. He said he'll make the phone ring, but he never made the phone ring, right? And that is one of the big rebuttals that you get. There, you need to have a way. There needs to be something about you that will make you stand out from a, from a sales pitch point of view, in my belief. Because at the end of the day, fulfillment side, it's really all the same work. Yeah, you know, the guy down the street, the agency down the street, he, you know, he might messed up considering it was an agent. He might, he might have, you know, he, maybe he didn't find a winning ad, right? Maybe he was targeting the wrong audience. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that could happen when you're running Facebook ads. Everybody that runs Facebook ads kind of knows what I'm talking about. You got to test, 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 keep it going and hope that you find that winner right before you go. Well, with us, the scenario is a little bit different, obviously, because we've run so many ads that we kind of know where things need to be at. But, you know, just initial research, I would say, hey, you know what, you want to see what some good winning ads would look like, go to the Facebook ads library and the Facebook ads library, you can see right away what those winning ads are. I know I kind of went off on a, on a tangent here a little bit because I'm so I'm in the realm Pat, of Pat's running in ads the technical realm, everybody. So when, when I ask, it, it goes the, back to uh, Patrick is very, very good at what he does on the technical stuff implementation. I'm more of a big picture guy. And, and what I think, and, and you're correct, Pat, we both, this is funny because we all, we, we say different things to get to the same result and we do different things to get to the same result. But <laughs> yeah, what it much. comes down to from the messaging point of view in that first four seconds, okay, what you need to do is you need to understand pain and gain. Those are the only two motivators in the world. People do not lift a finger until there is either too much pain or unless there is something to be gained. That's it. It's that simple. Oh, how's business? Are you, are you getting enough leads? Do you have enough business? Okay, I'm just calling companies you know, who are having a tough time right now, uh, doing some great work for roofing companies uh, in the industry. I'd love to show you some of my winning ads and see what we can do for you, right? That's the kind of conversation, right? I'd love to set up an appointment with you. Uh, when do you have time next week? Oh, Tuesday, Thursday, two o'clock. Awesome. Let me send you a calendar so you don't forget. I'll mark it down. Okay. Okay, good. Now, it's, it's, it's really not that simple because what you need to do is you need to go through a qualification process. You want to understand who has the needs, who's got the money. Can they afford my product? Do they need my product? And the third thing is the timing. Do they want my product now? How close are they on a, on a buying level? Now, most interactions, you know, you start out at a level three interest or at a level six interest or at a level 10. It just depends on who you're talking to. So don't go out there and make 10 phone calls and come back and say, oh, my product sucks. Nobody likes me. I got told to F off because you made 10 phone calls. Uh, guys, I'm talking about, go ahead, really call, call a thousand people. If you really want to be a business owner, if you really want to make it work, and you know resources are tight 
call a thousand people and trust me, call number one versus call number 1000. You'll be a different person. You'll understand your product. You'll understand your customer's needs. And that's what it's going to come down to. But ultimately it's pain and gain. It's okay. You need somebody good to run your ads. The last guy, he screwed you over. You had a bad experience, right? Those people are always a little bit harder to get their trust because they've been burnt. Other people are going to come from a place of excitement. They're going to be like, hey, just started my business. I know I really need this. I want to go find an expert who can help me. Your job as the agency owner, as the salesman for your company, is to convince that person, yes, let's talk. I, I may be the right person. I may not be. But let me show you what I've got. So it's that level of, of confidence, knowing you can deliver. But that's pretty much it. It's pain and gain. You're going to have other people who come to you that have already been doing their own lead generations. They've already been doing their own website, but maybe they don't have time to manage it. Or maybe they've had somebody in-house. Or maybe they had a company that's doing it for them right now and, and the other company sucks. Right? I can't tell you how many times I got sales because some other company wasn't doing their job and taking care of their customers. <laughs> it's competition, guys. Right, Pat? I mean, it's, it's competition when you're, um, when you're in business. So uh, it, really, it really comes down. Well, they got to get business from somewhere, right? It's, it, it just passes hands. It's like money. It's like currency. Exactly. 100%. And it's the 80-20 rule. You know, 20% of agencies are going to have 80% of the, uh, the clientele, right, in, in dollars. The other 80% of the agencies, they're only going to get 20% of that business. And that's why you see, you know, billion dollar companies in the agency space, you know, guys that are making serious, serious money because they've sold a major need. You got other agencies that make 20 grand a year sometimes. So it, it all depends on how you've got your system lined up and it depends on the amount of work you put in. It's so true. And it depends on your ability to scale very hard to be able to scale, especially in the sales department, a lot of the time, right? So typically, since we're on the topic of how to get your first clients, some practical advice, I would advise you to call yourself. And while you're doing that, you want to actively recruit or source people who could potentially do this for you as well. That's important. Because the number one KPI, uh, which is the key performance indicator of sales, is the number of appointments on your calendar. If you have an empty calendar, whew, have mercy on your soul. <laughs> that, yeah, if you don't have any appointments, you don't have any sales, basically. That's it. Game that's over. It. And that applies to the agency that's making a billion dollars a year. And it applies to the agency that's not making nothing, right? So it's, it's, it's the reality. The other reality is when you are growing your agency, there's two departments that need to work very closely together. Now, Pat and I, we, have, we don't have a huge company. We've got a sizable company. We've got, we've got 60 plus employees plus contractors. There's a lot of us. A lot of agencies I speak to, like on average, I would say 70%, no, not 70%, maybe 60%, it's got to be over 50% of agency agencies out there, um, they're just owned by one or two people, right? So they're very small. 
And then you have other agencies. Same here. Yeah. I talked to a guy today and that he owned an agency. It was just him and his partner talked to another guy, him and three other guys. So there's, it's small. It, it, you get that a lot. It's hard to do this in the United States. It's hard to scale or wherever you're wherever at. Wherever you're at. Um, you know, it's, and it's very and yeah, difficult. The overhead is a huge issue, right? Because the reality is, let's say you want to start an agency and you want to hire a guy to do sales for you. Well, that's a $50,000 a year job, web developer, digital marketer, project manager. Those are all high paying jobs, depending on which state you live in, because they are highly technical jobs and they are important jobs. I'm not the type of guy to say, oh yeah, outsource everything. Because the truth is you're going to want some, some great in-house people as you can get them in your company. Some people won't like it. Other people, they just want, they want to live on the beach, right? They want to live off their laptop. So there's, there's a couple different groups. There's also the other agencies that are bigger, that have 20 plus people. I'm working with somebody who's got like 50 people. It's a big agency. So they've, they're on a different level. They're on multiple millions a year type level. So it, it varies, right? But at the end of the day, what is common amongst all these agencies is that the sales department and the marketing department work together. And here is the symbiotic natural relationship between sales and marketing, right? And so picture, um, what's the image from the Lion King, the hippo, and he's got the little bird cleaning out his, his uh, tusks. Timon and, Timon and Pumbaa? Maybe Timon and Pumbaa. I don't think, think they really hang out together in the, nature, in, in the natural world. Okay. But I know the hippo and one of those other... Um, the birds do, so do sharks. They also have those little fish that hang around. So it's a symbiotic relationship. One cannot survive without the other, okay? Very hard to do this if you're just one person, but it can be done. You need sales and marketing. The job of marketing is to provide leads to sales. That's it. Marketing, your job is to get me leads. Sales, your job is to close those leads and bring on customer accounts. You got it? That's the plan. So that's, that's basically this conversation that these departments have. And marketing, your job is to get the leads for the lowest amount of money possible. And you want to be able to track your cost per acquisition. Track what it costs you if you're running ads to bring on a customer. You got to know those numbers. If you're cold calling and if you have a sales force, track what the ROI is. How much do I pay this person to call and generate appointments for me versus how many sales do I make, right? The more sales, the less it costs you to produce those sales, right? So it means you've done a good job. Actually, I think the figures that we calculate typically is uh, we have the the cost per uh, lead, we got the cost per appointment set, cost per appointment met, and then the cost per close. That's that's kind of I you know I I'm again from that marketing background. That's kind of how I'm I'm calculating. The, those uh, those actual costs, but regardless, the point is you got to know what your numbers what your numbers say. That's that's important, and I don't know if a lot of people actually I look think at that. Definitely, enough. the bigger companies are aware of that. The guys just starting, they may go years and years and not even realize that. Right? You got to know what it costs you to acquire a customer, especially if you're running paid ads, or if you're even running a couple of callers. You got to make sure that it's profitable. Number one. Because if you don't know your numbers, you could be making a mistake and not even knowing it. Yeah, it can go lopsided quick. I mean, we had that uh, that one scenario, even if you're hiring people 
overseas and you're like, okay, well, I, I'm getting a, a good deal here. They're making a good living and I'm, I'm getting a good deal. And um, this person is generating two, three appointments a day for what I'm paying them. And, but then it's, it becomes, it's not enough, right? Because that, yeah, that two appointments a day really needs to be four appointments a day, right? And because it wasn't four appointments a day, now your cost per sale went up by double. So instead of costing you $200 to, to close, it's costing you $400 to close because that appointment setter's not hitting KPIs. So it kind of goes back to that too. Like, I guess if you look at the small details, once you have your system in place, then you can start looking at those smaller details. Yeah, absolutely. What what's I think would be on everybody's mind is, well, how can I do this for the lowest amount of money possible? And there's a couple of ways. And we cover this in the in the agency sales playbook, uh, which is one of the things that we have within our platform. So basically, it, it comes down to a couple of different ways of lead generation of prospecting, right? So the number one way is cold calling. I know there's a lot of blasphemy out there that cold calling doesn't work. There's a lot of people running ads saying it's a waste of time. And uh, yes, yes, it can be a huge waste of time if you don't know what you're doing. That's true. But if you know what you're doing, you are lethal. You are a lethal weapon because no matter where they put you, you're going to survive because you understand the fundamentals of doing business over the telephone and bringing on customers and the fundamentals of persuasion, right? Getting a customer excited about what you can do for them and genuinely knowing that you can help them, you know, that's important. It's not going to happen, might not even happen once or twice on 100 phone calls, but it will happen. I've never went a day where I called cold and it wasn't a productive day. Bottom line, you create opportunities for yourself, you create appointments, you fill up your pipeline, all right? Now, hopefully you didn't miss that part about it, having a CRM that has a pipeline. Now, um, Pat, we're not getting paid for any endorsements whatsoever on this podcast, but I think I'll, I'll drop a few ones. So I use uh, Close. Close.io has an awesome CRM. I use it. Uh, we also have uh, High Level, right? And then there's a couple others. There's Pipe Drive. So whatever you decide to go with at the end of the day, put your data in there. And that way you can, as you call the lead, you can tag it as an opportunity. All right. And create the opportunity. You can make a note of when to follow up with that person. And really understanding that your objective when you're cold calling is to set appointments. It's not to make sales. Don't get it confused, guys. When you're cold calling, what you're simply doing is you are sifting through the list and you are finding out who you can help. It's that simple. And whether they meet the criteria of having the needs uh, urgently, of wanting your solution, being able to afford your solution. That's what happens on that initial conversation. Should everything go well at this point, then what you want to do is you want to set an appointment. All right. Never leave the call without setting an appointment. It's for cold calling. And then once you have an appointment, that's your next uh, presentation. I don't think I'll dive into that in this podcast because this is about getting your first clients, not about necessarily closing, but that is the second meeting you have, right? The other form of lead generation that's all that's free or mostly free, uh, most that's 
a dumb way to put it, or let's say inexpensive, is cold email. You can do cold email campaigns. However, if you do cold email, you do not want to spam people. All right, trust me, I know this, and I do not want to be known as a spammer. You do not want to spam people. It just pisses people off. Uh, it's unsolicited, right? However, what I would say is depending on your messaging and how niche it is, if you're targeting commercial roofing companies in Dallas. Well, that's kind of big, That, but maybe like a very niched area like Kenosha. Like um, I'm doing one you in Kenosha, would, you would Wisconsin. Call, email them you know. in this case if you had their data, right? But the better way of doing it is by getting them to opt in, all right? You have to get them to opt in. So if you're trying to go after those roofers in Kenosha, what you can do is perhaps an email with, you know, just asking them a, a question, trying to get that initial engagement. Hey, who can I talk to in your company? Uh, about digital marketing, right? Are you guys currently in the market, right? Something like that. Um, but really the best way is to get an opt-in by providing some value. And so you can do that on Facebook, right? You can do that right with a Facebook sponsored ad and have a case study of how you've helped roofers, right? And from there, you can get some interest, opt-in. And now they're on a legit list that you that, and they want to receive your emails, right? So cold email isn't really viable, but what is viable is email sequences, right? And having email content. Would, would you agree, Pat? Yeah. I mean, like, okay, so the the, the cold messaging, and it, it, I, I can only speak from experience, but the experience that, that I've had with cold messaging, and I know a lot of people out there are going to say, well, you did it wrong. You know, it's probably not, you know, not working. Maybe. Uh, maybe I set it up wrong, but anyway, I, I don't think so. I'm a pretty highly technical guy. We set up a cold email campaign. We thought it was pretty niched out. The fact of the matter is we were getting some awesome open rates for, for cold email, maybe like 40 to 50%, but the engagement rate is not great. It's, it's, it's not the best. So it's definitely like, if I had a selection of like the best ways to do it, number one would be cold calling. I think cold calling is a phenomenal way to do it. Um, Matt email, if you're, if you're targeting a large audience, cold email, just ignore it. But if you're targeting a niche audience and you have a special offer only for Kenosha residents, only for residents in that small area, we're doing this one offer. And this is what it's this is what it's about. Maybe it would pass, but the point is, don't put all your eggs in one basket. There's other ways to do this as well. Um, I know a lot of agencies right now are are reaching out to people through LinkedIn. Um, there's some software like Get Alfred where you can go. I think it's Get Alfred where you can go out and basically engage uh, with customers. The one we were using is uh, we're using is Duck Soup. I believe that's the one, right, Brian? Yeah, Duck Soup and uh, Duck Soup is for for LinkedIn, and uh, I had that working pretty well, uh, but I I turned it off. But basically, you can scrape uh, using searches on LinkedIn, uh, you know, different profiles. And I'm not big into this, uh, so I'm not going to talk much about. It. I'm not an advocate of of, but I know LinkedIn is a is a tremendous opportunity. Uh, I just don't spend a lot of time putting people on LinkedIn messaging strangers, uh, but maybe there's a better way to do it. But LinkedIn is one of the best places 
if you're doing B2B, because that's where all the professionals are. Perhaps that's just me being a little bit inexperienced with LinkedIn, but I know I know it could be a huge resource. But I also know that very recently, especially a lot of so-called gurus on Facebook are teaching strategies on how to never cold call again and generate all your business through LinkedIn. And let me tell you, um, I think a lot of it is just, I, I don't think it works as, as they claim, quite honestly. Because here's the thing, people can see through it. They can see right through it. So it's going to work for a certain percentage of people who have their messaging down, right? Who learn from their mistakes, who really know what they're doing. But for every one person who knows what they're doing, there's probably 10 or 20 other people who are just spamming the hell out of people, right? It's like one of those guys, you add them to your Facebook. Have you ever done that, Pat, where you, you, you friend somebody and then they message you? Yeah. And I'm like, this. Yeah. Every day. I mean, every day. And it's I, a every Facebook day I get, page. so it's, it's, you know, uh, it's, you know, it works. People wouldn't be doing it if, if it works. I just think that there's probably better use of your time as a, as a, as an agency owner, especially right. if you're starting. You want to create growing. attraction, guys. You want people to get attracted to you, uh, not the other way around, right? And you say, well, how is that possible when you're cold calling? Well, like for instance, instead of messaging people on random people on Facebook, how about you build a Facebook group for that niche and you give them the best techniques on how to get leads for the roofers, all right? Let me show you guys. Let me educate you guys, right? And if you do message people, then it's for a good reason. Then you can say, hey, I got a whole group, you know, helping people in your industry. You want to join? It's, it's free, <laughs> right? But here's the thing. People will see that you're the real deal and they'll do business with you. Even if you show them what you're doing, you'll say, oh, well, you know, are they going to do it themselves? No, they're not going to do it themselves. They're business owners. They don't have time to do it themselves. They're going to hire you to do it. So there's better ways to build that attraction, right? And uh, it's it's lead magnets and it's it's value magnets. Now, my favorite ways to, to get, because I'm the one, I'm generating a lot of leads for many businesses through online advertising. And one of my favorites is just plain old Google ads is phenomenal. Obviously, that's in, in my opinion, one of the best ways to do it, if you want to, if you have some money and you can start advertising, um, at the very least, have some retargeting, have a web, have a decent website and have uh, some some retargeting going on uh, on Facebook and on Google. But Google's great because they're plugging in, you know, marketing for roofers, you know, <laughs> put, put it in. The, Those are the best the buyers, keywords. right? Because they're in their intent. High, you know, there's high intent. They want to buy. Right. Versus somebody seeing your ad on Facebook. W would you say that's like the main difference? I definitely believe so. But I think a lot of people fail to also just, you know, where they say, okay, I can't advertise right now because I don't have a thousand dollars. I don't have $2,000 a month to spend on advertising. I don't have, you know, that kind of money to spend. But what they, what they might have is they might, they might be, have two, $300 to spend. And I think a lot of people say, yeah, well, then set up a simple retargeting campaign for your business on your website. So that way you went through the trouble of cold, whether, whether you did a cold email, which again, is, as you know, is not my favorite, or you did a cold call followed by an email because that does work. Cold call, always email, always follow up right after the cold so call. So the, the, the retargeting is set in a way where anybody who visits the site, they'll see your ad on Facebook. Right. That's the, the main purpose. They see of you. It. Yeah. 
they see you, they see your message, they get to know who you are without actually talking to you. So by the time they actually book that appointment, it's like they know about your service. They know more or less what it costs if you list your prices and you want to disclose that information to them. They know timelines, they know reviews, they know, uh, you know, they know everything. They're educated. They're educated people that are further down the funnel because you nurtured them that way. You know what I mean? It's like you kind of. Right, right. And hey, set it we up haven't even way. touched on funnels. You know, I had a, a client uh, call earlier in the week. Great client, great person, signed up. You know, she her situation wasn't the best in life and she's trying to make it happen. So I'm really behind her. I'm giving her my best stuff. I'm like, and we had this, to- uh, this conversation earlier this week. I was like, okay, well, you know, she told me, well, I'm going to have thousands of dollars coming in. I want to know what should I do? And, and me knowing that she, her situation isn't all the best, she came to me and she said, hey, let, let, let's run some Google ads and Facebook ads and make it work. And, you know, I had that, that hesitation a little bit because I wanted to make sure that she got the best possible return for her money. She didn't, you know, just be, you understand what I'm saying? Pat? I do, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, once you're in the Google game as well, if you're going out there and saying, okay, you know, putting up a small little retargeting campaign is fine. That's, I think, you know, once you can afford two, 300 bucks, that's the first thing you should do is put down a retargeting campaign for your business that just runs. You don't, you set and forget. It's a business expense, two to 300 bucks a month. It's a business expense, set and forget. And it's there and it works. Okay. Um, But after that, then it's like, how do I get more traffic? How do I get more traffic? And you're a small business owner. You don't have that much capital. You might have, okay, five. I got, got some money coming in, $5,000. I got $6,000. Well, that can go really fast in Google and, and in Facebook, especially for agencies, uh, marketing type of keywords. You're looking at six, seven, eight dollars a click in some states for Google ads if you're reaching out. Facebook as well. Facebook's tricky. You can go through a lot of money fast. So, for any new agencies starting up, one thing that's worked incredibly well for me, and I still do it because it's so effective and Brian does it. And we've been, co- we've actually went through uh, coaching. We have mentors too that do this technique and it's really, it's, it really works, which is just going out to groups. Um, that's worked out well for, for us. Like I said, going to Facebook. Masterminds. Go to masterminds, guys. Go to masterminds, of course, if you can afford to do that in your business, but where to get clients. I mean, like, Facebook groups is where clients are at. So if you have groups, you engage in those groups, you ask the right engaging question to get the right rep- response, uh, you can generate leads uh, right from but Facebook. Even before that, you know what I told her? I said, I would recommend that you build out a landing page offer. Okay. And I gave her the same advice. Think about who you want to target, your niche. Create your copy. The sales copy is everything. The words, the way it reads, that is super important. You've got to have great sales copy on your landing pages and single call to action. And here's the reason I recommended it. Because I knew she could get one done for, uh, you know, wh- wherever the pricing we have listed, right? It's three, 400 bucks, depending on, on the platform. And build the landing page out because now that you have a landing page, I truly believe that you want to be building, uh, bringing people to a landing page instead of your own website, unless your website is built like a landing page. 
And the reason why is because it's going to be targeted because you can go on a Facebook group and comment on a post and leave that landing page link there and you can generate leads that way for free. I've done it. So you can do that. Well, we do it every day. I still do it. It works. And we still get leads from that, right? From posts we, you know, we made long ago, but you can take that landing page guys. And guess what? You can put it into an, in, in a mass email. Okay. You could use that as the material when you send that person, when you're doing a cold call and you want to send that person a link to something so they can understand what you do. So I thought a landing page would be the number one first thing she should do that's going to be most cost effective because you could take it anywhere and generate leads with it. It's like it's like your your sword and shield, right? You don't go into battle without a sword and shield. Well, you don't go prospecting without a great landing page. Let me put it that way. So that's what that's I told good her. Advice. But you're definitely right, Pat. Um, on the the marketing side, you know, retargeting is awesome. Google ads, uh, those leads are great. If you can get the cost down and you can get enough of them, right, which is always um, a challenge. And then social media is getting more and more popular. Uh, So you need a good mix of all of these different places where you can get your customers. You need to understand your customer. And then you've got to be able to get them inside of a funnel. All right. And how do you do that? Well, you get them inside the funnel. Uh, And when I say landing page, you know, landing page slash funnel. For me, it's it's the same thing, right? Some some are bigger than others, um, but at the end of the day, it is going to a single call to action. Put your information in here. Get our free information. Put your information here. Request a free estimate. Whatever it is, put your information here. Book a call. Whatever you want that person to do, and have fun with it. Have multiple type, you know, little landing pages. Eventually, that are just hooks. You should have a decent website, a really good website that clearly explains your offering, that has your message right. You're talking to that audience, so whoever you're talking to, that's there for you. That's that's all that stuff is there. Make sure that it's clear. Now, once you have your main website, then have different funnels. You can have an opt-in funnel that says top 10 reasons why roofers fail when they start digital marketing or start marketing on Facebook or something like that where people would say, hey, you know what? That's interesting. I'm a roofer. I want to see what this guy has to say. Let me put my email in there to go ahead and, uh, and get that free download, right? That's a good exchange. So be creative with it. Be creative with your content. And there's many ways to generate uh, leads. A lot of it nowadays is on social media. It just depends where your audience is at. My audience is in Facebook. That's where my audience is at. They're on, they're on Facebook. Sometimes some of them are on Instagram, but primarily I would say on Facebook. So you have to find where your audience 100%, is at. 100%, man. That, that's some great advice. Um, let's talk about time management because people are going to be listening to this and they're going to say, Oh, before I start, I got to do all this stuff. I got to get funnels. I got to get retargeting ads. No, guys, we're not saying that. We're merely giving you the things that other agencies, they're needing to do at scale, right? Initially, where should you focus your time? I think that if you don't have a customer yet, 80% of your time should be on the phone talking to people, honestly. And the other 20% should be getting on those meetings. And that should be your focus. Bar none, you know, that's the most important thing, setting those appointments. So if you're the type of person who hates to get on the phone 
well, let me ask you this. How are you ever going to learn something about your customers? Well, I guess you could on social, right? If, if you were debilitated for some reason, right? You couldn't talk. I bet you could still generate bit. I know you could through, um, through Facebook posts, right? So it's, it's exactly what Pat's saying. Find out where your audience lives, engage with them, all right? Give them value, teach them something they didn't know, sell them on an appointment, all right? Or if you're on social media, get them into a funnel. And whether, whether they're, they come from social media or they come from a cold call, everybody needs to go into a funnel. Now, what do I say by funnel? So there's a, there's a few components. There's your, your actual landing page, right? And you're going to have your offer or your lead magnet, the thing that people are going to want to get once they input their phone and their email and, um, and their company name, let's say. They go right into the funnel and they start receiving an email sequence, right? They'll get an email immediately and then they'll get one uh, two days later, they'll get one three days later, they'll get one five days later, one seven days later, right? And these emails, what they do is number one, they engage with you. You want to build your, you want to create your emails in a way where you're getting, you want your customer to engage. You don't want to sell through your email. What it means reply. Mean? Engage, it engage. Means I, I want to get a reply. Reply. <laughs> I want, yeah, I want this person to reply. So if you're sending your emails to, I don't know, a hundred contacts, you want you want to what do you think a good engagement rate is pat 5% 10% i've seen i'm not talking about open rates but i'm talking about reply wow. rates I, yeah for reply rate like if it's cold messaging cold messaging like 1 to 1 to 2% that's what i was saying but if it's if if you cold called them and now they're going through your automation they went through your opt in now they and then they went to the thank you page and then there was a video of you telling them the next steps and then they received an email 10 minutes later and they received another email a day later and they received a text message that's no longer cold messaging you're you're engaging with a hot lead right now okay that will it might not be hot you're trying to determine where it's at but you're engaging right and i think that's that's super super important because the minute you start engaging you know who's on and who's off who's exactly. <laughs> who's going to the next exactly. step and who's so not. i want you guys right? to imagine a funnel all right and just imagine like one of those normal funnels that you know your mom took to uh empty out the oil pot in right especially if you're asian <laughs> we all do that um imagine one of those okay draw it on a piece of paper draw a funnel okay so you got the top of the funnel and you got the bottom of the funnel. There's different stages in the funnel, all right? And the objective here is you want to separate the buyers from the non-buyers. You want to sift through that dirt in order to find that gold. You know what I mean, guys? And that's what the funnel does. So if they're not interested, a good funnel will get them out of the funnel. If they are interested, a good funnel will move them down the funnel. They'll go from being aware. Okay. So at the top of the funnel, the first stage is aware. They are aware. They've opted in. They're aware of you. You don't know if they're interested, right? The second layer of that funnel under aware, uh, I'm going to say that's going to be interested, right? So they're interested. They've, ex they've expressed interest. All right. And then below that, you're going to have another layer. And this layer is your potential buyers. These are your potential closers, okay? Now, 
inside of that layer of potential closers. Why are these potential closers? Because not only are they interested, uh, but we, we know that they're interested, they have the means, all right? And now we just need to determine who is actually going to push the trader, who has the, the needs, right? And we're also going to determine who is just a looky-loo, who's somebody that doesn't even belong here, right? You don't want to waste time with the wrong people. So a, a good funnel, what it will do for you is it will separate the buyers from the non-buyers. But inside of that, of that potential buyer's um, part of the funnel, you, you have to, it, it splits even more, it splits in half. And you have one side, all right? Uh, you have, let's say, just like a, a portion below it. And these are your buyers in heat. Your buyers in heat, these are your best buyers. These are the guys that call you. These are the referrals. These are the guys that want to move now. They need a solution now where their pain point is so high, it doesn't matter, right? It's like if you have a bad toothache, you go to the dentist, you know, you go to the front desk, he's like, oh, what does it cost? You pay anything. It doesn't matter because you're in such pain where you want to, you want to, you know, find a solution right away. So those are your buyers in heat. Okay. They got the needs, they have the money and they have the urgency. They're going to buy from you. Okay. And then you have the buyers in power. These guys have the money, they have the needs, but they're sitting on the fence. Got to talk to my wife, got to talk to my partner. It's not the right time. Call me in two weeks, I'll be ready to move. You call them in two weeks, they don't move yet, right? And so a lot of the game is follow-up. But you want to be able to determine that as fast as possible. And then outside the funnel, or you know, the not interested guys you want to get them out of your funnel right so uh as quickly as possible uh and then at the very bottom of the funnel so the top of the funnel is where you put in all of the guys that opted in everybody who is a potential customer who goes in your funnel and then at the bottom comes out the 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 customers the closers right so you're gonna have to go through a pound of dirt you know to get one little speck of gold but that's life, right? <laughs> that's business. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So listen, uh, and I know it's every everybody hates this time. We could talk forever, but we are nearing the end of our show right now. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about should you outsource the work for your agency, right? Should I outsource the work for my agency? That's a good one. Don't you think, Brian? Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Not everybody should outsource is the answer, but a lot of people should. A lot of people really should. So we'll talk about it then, guys. It's been a real pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe if you want to hear more from us. This is a 12-week series, and then we're going to go into season two, hopefully. So go ahead and subscribe, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.